You're listening to an SBS News podcast. Fatima Payman broke ground when entering Parliament for the first time as a Senator for WA this year. She arrived in Perth as an eight-year-old refugee from Afghanistan and is now one of the youngest parliamentarians on Capitol Hill and the first to wear a hijab. This podcast celebrates the most diverse parliament Australia has seen and explores the long and tough path it's taken for many to change the tide. I'm political reporter Krishani Danji, and on this episode of Our House, Fatima Payman tells us about how she wants to normalise diversity in parliament, how her family's struggles shaped her, and why she felt it was right to give up her Afghan citizenship to stand for the Senate. Senator, thank you so much for joining me. First of all, how lovely is it that us two young women are sitting in the same room in Parliament together chatting? Oh man, it's so fantastic to see the diversity uh, in the current Parliament that we see around. Heaps more work to be done, um, but nevertheless, it's a good start. Now, you're part of the most diverse parliament ever. You're the first woman to wear a hijab in the chamber. What does that mean to you? What's the significance of that in a place like this? Well, it's firstly trying to normalise the hijab so that people don't, you know, uh, look twice and be like, oh, so you're a senator, like walking down the halls and security sort of looks at you and they're like, oh, you've got the badge on, so, you know, the little pin, so you must be a senator or, you know, someone new um, to the place. But uh, it also means uh, it just shows how Australia, how far Australia has come in terms of the diversity, but also having that appetite for uh, representation um, and having a parliament that actually reflects society. It's just that, that beautiful sort of uh, idea of inclusivity, diversity, and the multiculturalism that we take pride in uh, is actually manifesting into the very place that we make legislation that will impact the lives of so many people out there. Your father arrived by boat from Afghanistan, worked three to four jobs. Your mum uh, set up business, uh, her own driving school here. How's that shaped you? Um, it's definitely taught me resilience and perseverance and um, their life values of just, you know, doing the hard yards, um, trying to make ends meet um, and being productive citizens to this nation. Um, and it, they've always just been idols for me um, of what it means to be a true Australian. Um, you don't have to have English as your first language to be a good Australian. Um, and so, yeah, definitely look up to them. You had to go through the process of renouncing your citizenship to become a senator and stand for parliament. I, when I spoke to Maureen Faruqi about this, she said it was pretty devastating. How is it for you? Um, it was devastating. I mean, even though I arrived in Australia as an eight-year-old and, you know, literally grew up in this environment and this is home, um, it was that sort of part of my identity that I was like, you know, i got to let go of this cultural aspect um, of you know, what I identify as. And I mean, I'm going to hold my Afghan culture dear and close to my heart, but um, sort of renouncing was quite an ordeal. As we know, the Taliban took over Afghanistan in August and um, when August last year, and when I was trying to renounce, um, it was quite a tedious process in terms of uh, there weren't any official bodies 
in Afghanistan who would actually process the application. So um, the embassy in Canberra, the Afghan embassy, actually just, you know, uh, did notice that I've exhausted all options to renouncing um, and there is no other way going about, you know, going to Afghanistan and finalising this because there's no way I'm coming back if I do that. Um, so, yeah, and what was sort of law pre-Taliban regime and what was after was just in disarray. So it was it was a tough, challenging few months, for, you know, until I finalised the renunciation. Did it make you think twice about running? No, no, not at all. Um, because I call Australia home and th- there's no ways I would ever go back. Um, but it's also... You know, it's just part of protocol, and I respect that. Are we at a point though that it's outdated? No, I feel like it's really important to show your allegiance to the nation that you're representing, um, and representing all Western Australians is something I stood for. And um, if that meant I needed to ensure that, you know, uh, I had to be the citizen of just the nation I was representing, then that's what I went with. In 2017, Pauline Hanson walked into the Senate chamber. You know where I'm going. I've been asked this so many times. And called for it to be banned in Australia. How does something like that make you feel? And do you think that four years on, society and parliament have changed? Um, It's definitely in the right direction. Society is definitely moving in the right direction of uh, progressing and being more inclusive uh, in accepting um, Australians for who they are. Like, I wouldn't judge a person across the road wearing bodies and short uh bodies and flip-flops uh and i don't expect people to judge me for wearing a scarf um without sort of getting to know me um so with senator hansen's stunt it really did shake um australia and i guess the christchurch shooting sort of alluded to the anti-islamic sentiment that was rife in the community and um something that we need to work towards you know ensuring that it never happens again to any community because Uh, No one should ever uh, feel threatened to go into a place of worship and worry about their safety. Um, But with Senator Hansen's stunt, I think I really want to get to know her story. Um, And I think it would be very vital uh, for this narrative to, you know, she probably has a reason for why she did that. Um, And I'm going in with an open mind and trying to figure out, you know, the whole dynamic of the Senate. And so what are the main issues for you this term and how much influence do you think that you can have within the party? Um, So there's just so much for me to learn, right, Um, as a first-time senator but also as a 27-year-old who's got union uh, experience and organising experience. Um, So I'm really passionate about workers' rights. Um, I am really passionate about seeing a federal ICAC be established because uh, returning integrity back into the political space is very important to me. And you've said before that the general public uh, perceive politicians as untrustworthy and unreachable. Uh, how do you think that you can stop that from happening or change that sort of image? I think it's about being present and listening to your constituents, right? And I think through campaigning, I've definitely realised the importance of people just wanting to be heard um, and sharing their stories and and that's so important to me um being approachable is just 
a characteristic that I think all politicians should possess because at the end of the day, we are the voice of Australians that we represent. Um, and, you know, we need to be able to not only relate to them, but for them to see themselves reflected in us. Um, and so I've taken that social media space to show them that, you know, it, we're not some high mighty uh, individuals, uh, you know, on TV all the time. Like, I'm just a regular 27-year-old who likes similar things that you do. And just because you're a politician doesn't mean you're someone that's, you're, you're an alien or something. So, Why do you think that there's been this image of them being untrustworthy in the past? Um, I think the scandals that have come through um, and we've seen in the previous government um, has really made people lose trust uh, in politicians because it, it takes quite a lot to... Um, put the decision-making process in someone's hand that, you know, you cannot relate to or they don't represent your values. Um, So I I think the environment just really needs to change in terms of being inclusive, being respectful, having that, um, you know, respecting the Jenkins review that came out and ensuring that those um, recommendations are implemented. Labor has kept the coalition's vote turn back policy is that something that you would personally support given your own family history? So I definitely empathise with people who are seeking asylum and they're escaping from war-torn countries. Um, like I alluded earlier, there's just so much for me to learn and really get my head wrapped around. Um, this is definitely one of the areas that I would like to investigate and learn more about um, before I can formulate my position Um but I have complete trust in the Prime Minister and the Labor government to do what's best uh, for Australians. And there are more than 150,000 applications from Afghan nationals to come to Australia following the fall of Kabul to the Taliban. What needs to be done to speed up that process? And considering there are so few spots that are actually available, it means that parents, children, grandparents are going to be left behind. What do we do about that? So there has been a massive backlog, you know. Uh, Our Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, has definitely... She's got so much on her plate right now. But uh, the backlog from previous government just means the processing times are just, you know, that extra bit longer. Um, Like I said, just so much for me to learn about. I really need to look into this. Um, But, yeah, it's just going to be work in progress. Like, you know, we've only been elected in government like six or seven weeks ago, so... Um, undoing the damage of like what nine years of a uh, Liberal Nationals coalition government um, to where we are now like it's a lot of work to be done. Following on from that the government's committed to increase the refugee intake to around 27,000 places a year but you know considering how hard your parents your family you yourself have contributed to Australia and to society do you think that that cap should be even higher especially now as we face worker shortages? Um, The government will definitely be doing something about uh, the worker shortages and skill shortages. Um, Obviously, our September Job Skill Summit uh, is something that we're going to be finding out ways and avenues of ensuring that, you know, Australians aren't left behind or uh, they're not um, deprived of any opportunities. Um, It is just going to be an ongoing conversation and a space for everyone to watch for um, and follow closely to see what um, our government is going to put forward.
And you've talked about the importance of migrant workers knowing their rights. It's something that you've worked really hard towards, uh, particularly working in the union. Is that something that you're going to be championing here? And where do you think the failings are? Um, so in terms of just the like workers not knowing their rights, it's, it's more so in terms of their EBA agreements, uh, ensuring that they're across it all. But with migrant workers, especially in places like laundries and uh, industries of like, you know, ch- chicken factories and stuff, um, a lot of these migrants, they're just trying to make ends meet and p- putting food on the table. And so I think it's about educating them. It's about ensuring that, um, you know, there are representatives within the union movement who reflect those workers and are able to remove that language barrier out of the question and actually be able to um, convey what is required for them to know in terms of their rights. Um, But also uh, it's just progressing that movement to ensure that uh, it's an inclusive environment of all workers being considered um, regardless of your background. Is that something that you could do from Parliament? Uh, that's definitely something I'll look into. Uh, there's so much for me to learn and so much for me to ask about because I really do want to be able to do a great job in being a representative for WA but also uh, an advocate for workers um, and being their voice. So, you know, I've got six years and I definitely want to do justice to the role and uh, serve WA uh, as best as I can as a senator. Now, you're gaining a lot of traction on social media. What sort of response have you been having? I've received an overwhelming large number of support. um, And people have just been... Like, the sentiment has been so much more positive than negative uh, that it actually hasn't put me off. But also, a a tip for all the MPs and senators out there, do not read your comments. Because you're going to have some, you know, person who's had a tough day uh, and they just want to lash out and use an avenue and social media just seems to be a safe space for keyboard warriors. Um, but look, I, I really do appreciate, you know, the support that I've received online. Um, and when I say that there's been a massive appetite of the Australian community for change and to see a young person, uh, in a role as Senator rather than, you know, people sort of going in during their retirement age. Um, it's, it's, definitely been a good change and I really want to use this space to educate people that you know if I could do it so can you. Who do you hope to inspire and have you had people that come up to you and talk to you? Um, Young people in particular, uh, young people of culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds, um, women in particular are the three sort of target groups that um, I really hope to inspire um, to not only get active in the political space, but actually have faith in in um, being who they are and embracing themselves. Because I know it can be quite tough, not only with social media, um, you know, being on the rise and the impacts and influence that it's had on the younger generation, but um, just the, the, the pressures of trying to fit in rather than actually embracing who you really are and um, staying true to that. So it's, it's, yeah, like I really didn't expect to come, you know, this far, but I really did work hard and ensured that uh, I did what was best to um, get an Albanese Labor government elected. Well, congratulations for that. And thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Krishani. 
Our House is a podcast series for SBS News and interviews politicians from multicultural backgrounds who are changing the face and culture of Parliament. Join me, Krishani Danji, next week for more. SBS is Australia's most trusted multilingual broadcaster. Our listeners are loyal, highly engaged and have supported countless local businesses. We offer advertising packages for businesses of all sizes. Our experienced sales team will guide you through the process of owning a great campaign. Bring your own ad or have our production team make you something in one of our 68 languages. Start the conversation with your new audience today. Email sales at sbs.com.au.